even know each other's name, and it just feels right, and um, something of God in that, and uh, I hope that all visiting this morning can sense that this is home for them, and that you're not necessarily in a place where you're sitting there being entertained this morning, but the presence of God can minister to you, even though we are oblivious to what you're going through and where you're at in life. It's good, isn't it? It's God. Cassia talked this morning about uh, living well. It's God's heart for you to live well. And it must crush his heart when he sees people not living well. It must crush him when he sees people not breaking through into the things that he has already set up for them. Don't you think? And uh, we heard the great message last night about God's breath coming into our life, it's breathing into our spirit, causing us to rise and do great things for him. And uh, I'm going to follow on with this thought that um, God has got great things for us. And I've called this message, Double It. Say, Double It. I was going to say Double or Nothing, because that's got a bit more of a ring to it. But it wouldn't have uh, fit. We're going to look at what it means to have this life and life in abundant. This, this God that we worship is wanting... To, st- to stretch you into, into avenues and areas in your life where you're going to experience greater things. He's got a double portion for you. And uh, particularly, I want to speak this morning to, uh, for those of you that feel like possibly, and you know, I say this with respect, that you feel possibly that you've already been through your prime. But the word of the Lord is that there is a double portion for you. I didn't look at anyone in particular except people that started laughing then. So it's your own fault. John 10.10 says that he has come to give us life to the full and life more abundant. And the story that we're going to use to illustrate this double portion is Fesha receiving a double portion from Elijah. So Elijah, being the prophet of the day, he was the man of God, and uh, he was doing amazing things. He goes to Elisha a few chapters earlier, and he calls him to come and be his disciple, very much like Jesus went out and called people, just very much like rabbis would go and take people in. He went out to Elisha. You remember the story? I think we looked at this only a few months back while Elisha was out plowing the field. And Elijah came through his cloak, remember that story, and, he, and, he, and Elisha turned, burnt his plow, sacrificed his animals, and he followed Elijah. From that point on, for the next bunch of judges does, he goes through every um, circumstance with him, he's learning much, right? We come to, uh, where is that, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. Bear with me. It says this, When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. Say Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, You stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, 
As surely as the Lord lives and as you live yourself, I will never leave you. So they went together to Bethel. Verse 3, the group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, well, we're in Bethel here. You stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. Say Jericho. But Elisha again replied, as surely as the Lord lives you and you yourself live, I'll never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. Say the Jordan. <laughs> Lord lives and you yourself live. I'll never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it, and the river divided, and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. Interesting, he might not have ever got the chance to respond to that question if he'd stayed in any one of those places. Anyway, because he followed him so closely, he got to answer this question. And the question's answer came like this, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah, but if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them. Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha uh, returned to the bank of the Jordan. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that this would be transformed into a nice reading story there's something completely applicable into our life. Lord, we pray that the truth that you are wanting to get across to us this morning would come to us. We soften our heart, may it be good, soft soil, and we ask, Lord, that you would speak in Jesus' name. Amen. A double portion. A double portion was what Elisha was after. Just think about that for a second. Think about your life. Think about your accomplishments. Think about what you're good at, your blessings. Think about your family, your experiences, whatever. Get to the end of your life 
And I wonder how many of us, if we could trade it in for something twice that, would we? Like, like think about the state you're in right now. Rise above some of the issues going on in your world. Don't you desire to, like, experience something at a greater level than what you already are right now? Like, this was a, a great desire that Elisha had. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would all have this desire, that we would desire our own life to be more effective, more influential, more powerful, more, more, more full of joy and passion and blessing, wouldn't we? It's a good thing to desire it. And Elisha found it. So we're going to look at this journey of getting to this place of double portion. We're going to quickly look at this journey that it took to get to this place where Elisha received the double portion that Elijah had. Very good? First of all, they come to a place called what? Gilgal. Gilgal. Say Gilgal. <laughs> now, interestingly, this is the first place that the Israelites camped as Joshua promised land. They came to a place to the promised land. They parted the Jordan. Joshua took them to the promised land. They came to a place called Gilgal. Not necessarily a city. It was just an area. It was an area where they set up camp. This is the first place the Israelites came to when Joshua led them into the new day for Israel. Out of Egypt and into the promised land. Gilgal, the very first place, the very first experience. I read this and Gilgal, as the Israelites' point of entry into the Holy Land and their base of operations for the initial conquest of the land, the site called Gilgal signifies the simple, basic religious beliefs and teachings that, the, that first introduce us to spiritual life and that we return to again and again as we fight our early battles to reform ourselves and to get our life in order. Gilgal is the place where we first enter, we first become a Christian, we've left Egypt. God has called us into his promised land, into this new covenant with him. We come to a place in our individual life, which for this morning's sake we're calling Gilgal, the entry place into our promised land, the entry place that we would set up camp that would become our foundation from Egypt. He has taken us out of slavery and given us our own land. You with me this morning? This is exciting. This is where Gilgal, also known as a place of, of cutting away, of rolling away of the past. This is the Christian story where our past has been cut away rolled away, separated from, and we enter Gilgal. We receive his grace. Nothing that we have done. Cassius spoke of this morning. He has just blessed us with his love and his grace. This is Gilgal, a great place, a great foundation. Amen? This is the foundation of our... You will find... God will continually bring you back to Gilgal until you receive the revelation that he has set you free from your past 
and his grace is sufficient for you. Until that fact becomes your foundation in life, you can wander and you can go and you can explore, but he will continually bring you back to Gilgal as your camp, as your foundation, where we thank God for all that he has done for us. Amen? But they move on from this place. Where's the next place they move to? Bethel, the house of God. Bethel, made famous from when Jacob had a dream there. Shall we read it? Let's go there. It's found in Genesis chapter 28. Going to do a bit of reading. I hope you don't mind reading the Bible. I know some of you don't do it during the week, so we're going to do as much as we can on Sundays. Genesis chapter 28 and verse 10. It's titled Jacob's Dream at Bethel. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and to stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against. Sounds comfortable, doesn't it? And to lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the staircase. At the top of the stairwell stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying belongs to to you. Let me read that again. I don't want to mess this up. The ground that you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land I will never leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid, and he said, What an awesome place this is. This is heaven. The next morning Jacob got up very early. He took the stone that he had rested his head against, and he set it up as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me, and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God, and this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshipping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Bethel, the house of God, the place of encounter with God. That's what it meant. The dream Jacob had and this overwhelming sense, the, this stairway and this, this connection between heaven and earth found in this encounter with the Lord that it goes further in this, in, in this dream that God starts to speak 
over Jacob and say, hey, you are going to be as numerous. Your descendants are going to be like the dust. You're going to own this land that you are on. He starts to speak to him about his promise for his life. He says who he is and what he's going to achieve. This is Bethel, the encounter with God. This is the second place in our Christian journey we get to. Once we receive the grace and the forgiveness and the separation of our past, we find ourselves in Gilgal, we move on to a place of encounter with the Lord where he speaks to us. He tells us who we are. He tells us what we are to do. It's like Jesus. Remember when Jesus was baptized in the river? John baptized him. He comes up and we hear that voice from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, even though he had not performed a miracle yet, even though he hadn't done it. This is my son. This is Beth, the place of encounter where we hear and we receive the, 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 the acceptance and the love of God and what he thinks of us. It's amazing, Bethel. It's a great place to be. I love Bethel. I love the house of God. I love that connection we have when we gather together with heaven. It's an encounter with him, so much so that Jacob builds a memorial to remember. So good. But they didn't stop there. Well, you stop. You've received some revelation of the Lord. And this is amazing, this is so good, and you park yourself there. But they move on. Where's the next place they come to? Sorry? Jericho. That's all right, Robin. Where's your Bible? Oh, yeah. They move on to Jericho, third position, before they get to the double portion land. Jericho. Famous for what? Who can tell me? The... The wall's coming down. Joshua, remember that battle? Jericho, the famous place where the walls came down with a shout. This was famous because Joshua took this nation, now knowing who they are. Obviously, they knew where they'd come from. Now knowing who they are, hearing the call of God's purpose, they come to Jericho where they now have to put their faith into gear. This is the third stage of a Christian. This is the third place of a Christian's walk, where you are just overwhelmed with what God has done for you. You have an encounter with him, where you hear his voice and you say, I'm willing to lay down my life for you, Lord. What is it you would have me to do? And he gives us a Jericho. He gives us an impossible situation where in the past we've only ever worked out of our own strength, but he's put us into a position, into a land called Jericho, where we have to follow what he has said, even though it is ridiculous. Are you serious? Walk around this place half a dozen times and then again just cheer and Make a loud noise and the walls are going to come down. Well, you know the story. You've been in Sunday school. It's an amazing story. This is the third place we get to in our Christian walk where we have to engage with faith, where we have to be proactive. We don't like this place so much. We just like to be in Bethel with the encounter. We just like to dwell on Gilgal 
and all that God has done for us. But there's another place in the journey, and that's the place of needing to step up with our faith and engage in something for the kingdom. Amen? You still with me or are you going quiet? James says, faith without deeds is what? This is where everything gets crazy in the Christian walk. When the faith element comes into play. But it's just another place on our journey toward the double portion blessing that we all desire, that we dream of. And that's called Jordan. They move on to Jordan. And a wrap up here. This is a place of supernatural transition. This is the place where they are taken into their promised land. Jordan represents the barrier between what God has for you and what you have already known. Jordan represents the supernatural double portion that we get a taste of if we give our imagination some time. We dream of. This is Jordan. This is the place where we desire to get to. Phil, if I can just have you, thank you, mate. And we come to Jordan, hopefully, and we allow him to move through our life, to move through our family. We see him doing something that we'd only ever dreamed of. We see him bringing salvation to those around us. Maybe it's healing of a sickness that is incurable. This is Jordan. This is the place of promise. This is the place that he always desired us to get to. This is the place where Elisha found the double portion that he'd asked for. He says he picked up that cloak he turned back to the river and he struck the river and cried out, where is, where is this God of Elijah? And God comes through again and Elisha starts his ministry. Double portion. They say that Elijah has eight recorded major miracles. Elijah, that Elisha had 15, almost double, passes away. But the story doesn't finish. He goes into a grave. Remember, somebody gets thrown into that grave and touches the bones of Elisha and comes back to life. Healing 16, the double portion. Amazing. God has that plan for you. He has greatness for you. Great accomplishments, complete healing. Amen. Families being saved and delivered. Cities and towns like our very own Batemans Bay, we need a double portion anointing in this place. We've operated under a single anointing for far too long. And we need God to help us get to Jordan and operate. This is interesting. The fact that it is a journey to this place. And we attempted to stay in each one of these areas in our life. 
some areas you might recognize that you have moved on in. Some parts of your world, you've, you've gone to the promised land. But there are some areas of your life where you, where you still feel like you're just in Gilgal. There's no, there's a great sense of thanks and gratitude, but there's, not a, there's a no blessing in certain areas of your life that you've received a double portion blessing in. Every area of our life, the Lord has come to give us life and life more abundant, life to the full. And I want to encourage you to not stay in a particular spot, in a particular area. Even Jacob, who built a monument to God in the place of encounter, moved on from there. And he used that monument to remind him and all those that came after him of the encounter that God had with him. But he didn't stay there. He moved on. And the Christian walk, if there's one thing I know about the Christian walk, is that it's a journey. It's a continual journey. There's something around the corner that you still have to face, that you still have to fight, that you still have to stand up against. There's something around the corner that you still have to claim, that you still have to hold on to. But the good news is that God's character and His goodness toward you is there the whole journey. You don't have to stay put, but you can rely on Him. You can step out in faith. Maybe it's a Jericho experience where you're thinking, this is crazy, God, but I'm just trusting you that if I believe in you in this area, if I'm praying to you in this area, you're going to bring the walls down. Amen? But a journey. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning with your whole heart wide open. We come before you, Lord. We thank you for Bethel. This could be that very moment for some where we receive an encounter with you, where we hear your voice being spoken over our life. This is my son. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Hear his voice this morning. He is for you. He is not against you. He is for you. He is fighting your battles for you. He's going ahead and he's weakening the walls of your Jericho that you're coming up to soon. And he's going to have you use your voice and step out in faith. And you're going to see a miracle. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But before we get carried away, there may be some people here. You need to return to Gilgal and recognize your foundation that His grace is sufficient for you. Because the tragedy with enthusiasm. We often leave one destination to go to the next with enthusiasm, but we forget where we've come from, and we forget the foundation, and we move away from the fact that His grace is sufficient for you. Some of you have felt in these last weeks, months, Possibly even years. I don't even know everybody here. 
that you have left the foundation that God's grace for you is never going to change. And subconsciously, you've taken on thoughts. You've taken on worries, anxieties. You've taken on possibly even unforgiveness and bitterness. You've, you've, you've tried to, to line up your life with God's standards and you come up short. I want to remind you of Gilgal. It is an amazing place where we, where we receive the, the grace that sets us free from our past, sets us free from our wrongs, takes us out of slavery. Some of us have gone back into slavery. We need to come back to Gilgal. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you this morning, everyone's eyes are closed. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Three, four, thank you. Five, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you for your grace. If you're one of these five, just let your spirit get swept up by his presence and anointing here this morning. He has done it all for you. He's taking you out of that place. Don't go back to that place. He's taking you out of that place. This is your home. This is your new foundation where he has done it all for you. Stop striving in your own strength. Stop, stop getting down on yourself. He loves you. He is for you. He went to the cross for you. This is your foundation, his love and mercy for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That is so good. Wherever you're finding yourself on the journey this morning, hope you've been encouraged and inspired hope God is giving dreams to people that thought their dreaming days were finished. I hope he's inspired you to, to chase down the double portion, to not let go of. When somebody's saying, hey, you just stay here, we're moving on. And you say, no, 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 I'm coming. Whatever is, whatever is up ahead, I'm, I'm in this for the ride. I want to get to the end of this. I want to fight the good fight of faith. It doesn't slow down. The double portion's at the end. I want to chase it down. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is life to us. We thank you for your presence and your spirit that we find when we gather together like this. It is so good for our soul. We thank you for family. We thank you for church. We thank you for our connections in the community. We pray your blessing on all of these areas of our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you go and have a great week? Uh, we've got tea and coffee out the back and, and some sunshine. And uh, if you're not in a rush, take your time. Hang out here as long as you can do. And we'll see you next week. Friday night service this week. Olive Tree, 6.30. God bless.